podcast on this Sunday evening. Um, no guest tonight because we have bigger fish to fry, um, which we're going to talk the uh, the Snyder Cut. But uh, with me uh, tonight, we have John Joe Cosgrove. Hello, everyone. Uh, Mark Canty. Evening, though. And I'm just going to say your first name, Christina, because I don't want to be shouted out for mispronouncing your second name. And we've got Christina. Hello, everyone. <laughs> So, gentlemen and lady, um, we're here. You've all watched it, I'm assuming. Oh, best by the way, if you haven't watched, um, if you haven't watched the Snyder Cut yet, if you haven't watched Justice League the Snyder Cut yet, I'd move on. So this is your this is your spoiler warning. This is your uh, your last chance to get out of dodge before we move on or, to something or if else. If you're watching this afterwards, if you're watching this afterwards, or listen to it afterwards, pause it now. Watch the film and then come back. Yeah. yeah. So, right. yeah. <laughs> this this is your uh, this is your this is your last warning before we move on. Uh, and there we go. Okay. So, gentlemen, where do we where do we start? First of all, let's let, let, let's let's start with the how, how's your how's your week being? How's your week going? First, we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll lull oh. them into a false sense of security and then bam, whammy, Snyder cuts. <laughs> I could I could honestly say that the week hasn't really involved much about the Snyder Cut because I did finish watching it last Sunday. But to say that, um, a friend of mine watched it yesterday and he sent me a three-word reply after watching it and he just said, fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just replied saying, yeah, same. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I don't know, I think, I think the world has kind of had a bit of a... Uh, that, you know, we knew it was going to cause a lot of reaction. There was going to be a lot of people giving their opinions, all their voices. And now every news story that seems to come out now is a new detail about what the future films would have been, you know, what Justice League 2 and 3 would have been. And they sound really good. Some of the ideas sound absolutely bonkers. Mm. But at the same time, people keep saying, well, it's never going to happen. I'd say, well, Snyder Cut apparently was never going to happen, but but look. Well, they say so, there's uh, there's basically a split camp within Warner Brothers. Uh, there's the ones uh, that um, there's the ones that want it, and uh, there's the ones that don't. Uh, just sorry, but I've got to look at the messages here. I'll just go through these very quickly before we <laughs> move on. So uh, R J Hale, welcome, sir. Geeks, good evening, adventurers. How's everybody doing tonight? All good, man. No Dungeons and Dragons tonight, and uh, and no subcom uh, or RTSs. We're we're, we're podcasting. Snyder cut. Uh, Simon the Gamer Forty Four, who's been a regular on our subcom, uh, our, our subcom um, streams. Uh, unfortunately, sir, uh, we are not playing subcom tonight. We are we're we're talking other nerdy things. But you're more than welcome to listen to us talk about these things and uh, join us another time. Anyway, sorry, Jojo, carry on. Um, yeah, so like I say, there's all these stories that have been coming out saying what the potential Justice League 2, Justice League 3 could be. Um, there's, you know, all these reports coming about, about saying that how the Snyder Cut is more of a like springboard for the mm. future DC films, including some potential teases towards Flash, Apparently, you know, people see it as a better setup towards the Aquaman film, which we, you know, we've already had, and that's uh, getting its sequel next year still, as long as, uh, you know, no more delays on that side of things. Um, and, yeah, it's it's weird because 
it, it as well it also threw out some some teases for things that we know are definitely never going to happen such as uh, a little tease for the batman film that we were supposed to have had the solo ben affleck batman film which uh, was supposed to have had deathstroke as the main villain which Come on, who wouldn't want that as a film? I think that would have been See, I brilliant. think they're going to still do it. I think, H- I think HBO Max is going to start doing their own thing. Mm. Um, I reckon you'll get... Because there's, there's been rumours that they're going to... But, but, uh, ben Affleck has um, said he will do Batman again uh, on an HBO mm. Max um, series slash film. So I don't see why they couldn't sort of incorporate that into it because obviously you've got these, you've got these sort of Marvel series going on uh, on Disney Plus, and HBO Max are going to see this and go, well, you know, they're going well, so why don't we do something similar and why not sort of do the whole Batman's Deathstroke thing, the tie-in with what could potentially be Justice League sequels uh, later on down the line. Hmm. Yeah, nothing to stop them from doing their own corner. Definitely. I mean, you know, we've we've seen it with the TV stuff. You know, up until Crisis and in Infinite Earth, you think of how many different continuities all the DC shows had, really. Because um, you know, we had uh, we Lucifer, which was own. yeah, yeah, we had Black Knight's own. Lucifer was on its own for who knows how long. Supergirl was originally on its own, so they said, uh, yeah, we're going to move it over to the CW. Let's try and Let's try and win some of the CW fans by putting the Flash into it. And then, you know, even the old Birds of Prey TV series, 1966 Batman and Robin, you know, it's, um, and even technically Batman the Animated Series, they put in so much, so yeah. many things, all these different continuities. And they just went, yeah, let's put them together. Why, why not do that with the film series? You know, why not have all these different avenues? And then maybe Justice League 3, if it does ever happen, Justice League 3 could technically be, you know, their version of Endgame almost. Don't they'll just chuck, you know, Christ four different iterations of Batman. Yeah, uh, Scott Braidwood. Scott Braidwood says, "Isn't Pennyworth on its own?" Pennyworth, yep, because that series oh. two is coming back soon. I'm sorry, doesn't get enough love. Uh, Christina, I interrupted you there. My apologies. What do you, what were you saying? Uh, no, I, I wanted to say that I think it would be related to money mostly. I mean, they could make the movie, but you have very big names in the current Justice League. So if you take, you know, again, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and everyone else, it's just going to be too expensive for HBO to do it, even if they do have the money. You know, they they have Mm. money a lot of the times and then they produce shit movies and shit TV series because they don't want to spend on that. (laughs) (laughs) Or start off well and then decide halfway through. Sorry. No, no, I think that's a good point. That is a very good point. um... Sorry, it's easier to have something on the CW with the the Flash and Supergirl because even if they're well-paid, they're not as well-paid as, I don't know, Ben Affleck, for example. You know, you can have uh, I don't I don't remember his name, the guy who plays Superman right now. Yeah, Henry Cavill on TV. No, 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 no. Oh, Tyler. TV. Oh, the the, the yeah. guy from Teen Wolf. Yeah, Tyler Hoechlin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Uh, I don't think he makes as much money as Henry Cavill, for example. So he can make ten seasons of Lois and Clark, and it would still not be as expensive as any Justice League movie. But then the thing is that plays against the changes with the fall of the various. Um, cinema chains and all the other impending nightmares for everybody is it's possible, especially with Disney making their pivot 
publicly to writing and releasing for Disney Plus first and cinema second. It could be that there'll be pressure on people like Henry Cavill, even Tom Cruise, to start taking smaller paychecks for more and doing more work rather than yeah. just doing a big tent, doing these big 250, 300 million dollar films once every couple of years to move the smaller projects and do smaller paychecks because the money just ain't there. Because I mean, even if they, they wait it out, there's no one waiting have... the money. See, yeah, I, th- I just have to say, I'm so tired of Disney. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am. <laughs> well, they're, okay, ta- they're taking everything at the minute, aren't they? So, but it does I mean that we have to pay attention to them. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know you. You have a point, but I'm just so tired of them just buying everything and making everything so much about the money and so little about the substance. I mean, I I do know they make great shows, but at the same time, eh, can they just give every franchise a little bit of a break? they are going to milk the star wars franchise until it is dead literally i'm tired of that one too i think in terms of money if you look at what uh disney have definitely done especially when you look at star wars as soon as they had star wars they just went right we need to put that front and center they didn't care how much cash they were splashing out and because they did that and then when marvel started picking up steam when you had um especially after avengers age of ultron they were just like, right, we're now going from having five or six films in a phase to having 11 films. And not only that, we're now going to have TV shows that are going to be interwoven with the continuity. So they expanded in all these different horizons. And then now, you know, Disney Plus is now the hub for everything Marvel, just as it's also going to be the hub for everything Star Wars. All these other film companies now are starting to look at it and think, right, how can we... How can we now beat them? How can we now go above them? HBO Max, I think, were the first ones to take that step and go, right, well, do you know what? We've got big films that we're going to be releasing. We're not just going to release them in the cinema. We're going to give you the option to watch them on demand. And whereas some of these say, oh, you know, you can watch them for a premium fee, HBO Max are just going, well, for the first 30 days, it's part of your subscription. You know, watch this film now you know watch this film now instead of going to the cinema you're paying your 15 dollars a month for this have a film on us once a month you know enjoy it and this is where i think disney are going to kind of get pissed off they're going to go right well hang on how can they do that but you know they're charging you 20 pound or 30 dollars to watch a film on day and date release so i think i think hbo have been very smart and this is one thing that Disney probably won't do. They won't. I mean, they've done some of their films, but they've just taken that out of the release window altogether in cinemas. Like they've had uh, Soul, which was the one that came out at Christmas. That just they just said, right, yeah, we're just going to do that at Disney Plus. That's not going to mm-hmm. even have a cinema release anymore. And um, you know, it it worked. It was a very good film, very popular film. But then you know, that's uh, that's still not that's still not exactly going to make them a lot of money because you know people have already got the their disney plus subscription whereas hbo are going well some cinemas are open we're still going to put the film in cinemas and look at godzilla versus kong you know in china that's one of the biggest openings of all time this weekend it's just it's just been you know that's rating quite a bit you know for for and yeah it's a bit different because you know that side of the world is completely different to the rest of us because you know us in the uk we're still um we're still literally, it's like we're still behind a, a steel door. We can't really go out and 
interact with people and uh, do much. We can't really go to a cinema. But, you know, the, the landscape of cinema, the landscape of film just in general is changing. And whereas 2019 we had Avengers Endgame, which, uh, you know, uh, nearly $3 billion, I can't see we're ever going to have anything like that ever again. We're never going to have a film that is going to reach that kind of level because of the way that everything's changing. And, you know, maybe... Maybe that's right. Maybe some actors will have to take a pay cut. Some actors will have to, you know, start looking at different ways of monetizing themselves. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure sure they can take it. Like, you know, if you take a little pay cut when you make $20 million, you're still going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) I think think you've got like people like Henry Cavill and stuff. I don't think he, as much as money is obviously important, I don't think he's that. I think he's very much into, you know, playing characters right that he, he yeah. likes. So he's a massive nerd. So, he, you know, yeah. playing Gar- uh, Geralt of Revere um, in, in oh. The Witcher, you know, playing Superman, you know, those are things. Yeah, you, you, I don't care. Possibly playing Shepard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care what you, you what you pay me because, you know, those are something mm-hmm. I'd be interested in. Are you offering me more than I could have dreamed of? Could have dreamed of earning if I'd gone into if I'd become an accountant? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scott Bridwood says um, uh, well, there's two things here. That that's a great point. It was easier for Justice League on the HBO Max because it was more or less complete. And then he says uh, WB, so Warner Brothers, could make similar budget films for HBO, similar budget to Joker, then have the big event films uh, in the cinema. See, I just don't know what cinema is going to be like. I know we're kind of going off topic slightly from you know, but I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if cinema is going to recover from what it used to be. Especially, I I love, I, I love the cinema. Like it is one, is I just, you know, I, I don't go, I don't overdo it because for me, the cinema is something special. It would be something you would go every sort of like maybe every month, uh, maybe you know, the most I would go maybe twice a month. But I, I would mm. I would really enjoy it. It was just that whole sort of immersion. Going, I go and have some food, then go and get popcorn. We go in. It was great. The whole thing. I loved going to the cinema. Um, the studios had ruined it as much as anyone because they demanded so much money for the for the benefit of having their films there. And mm. then the, the chains were building bigger and bigger cinemas, and and in return they were cranking up their prices. And it's possible yeah. that you know it needs to die back a bit. It was becoming unsustainable, wasn't it? Really, I think it. I think it was Odeon that actually said they were making something like ten times the amount of money on popcorn yeah, than yeah. they were on the actual films they were screening. Yeah, yeah. And well, you know, that's that's quite worrying when you think of when you hear someone say, "Oh, my film's just made over a billion dollars." You're like, "Great," but hey, the cinema has probably made about ten times that amount from sending you styrofoam covered in butter and salt you know yeah but that, that um the, the percentage like one of my mates like I, I used to work in a cinema as well but i didn't know about it but he was sort of like one of the guys behind it he says like like five thousand percent profit on popcorn it costs oh, it yeah. naff all to make and it comes a mass and literally they're, they they hike the prices up you know what is it before i can't even remember what you're get. you're looking for you're looking like a tenner for uh a large popcorn mm. and a large drink maybe you might get some sweets in and there the- the drinks are almost pure profit as well, aren't they? Yeah. In a lot of ways. Oh, Same as with pubs. Yeah. They buy yeah, the syrup. They yeah, buy the syrup by the ton. Yeah. You can and also then they throw half of the ice. <laughs> Sorry, I, w- I wanted to say that when it's like a special event, like for Endgame, they had those uh, cups that you could buy mm. that had a little, I don't know, Avenger on top. 
and those cost <laughs> so much money empty like if you wanted yes. to buy some soda they would they would cost yeah. even more so yeah but i was a crazy cinema goer like i would go every week and if i liked the movie i would see it like 10 times in cinema mm. which was insane i i realize that now but after like, a whole <laughs> year of of not going i'm like eh, i can live without it you know i've got netflix i've got hbo i've got disney i've got whatever it's the, it's, so the, it's the experience. I will like as long as it, yeah. they don't go completely because I like you know I I love doing the whole midnight screening thing, going with a bunch of mates like to Star Wars or one of the <laughs> Avengers, and just like literally just going with a bunch of your mates to see a film. I even miss sort of like you know a date nights film, you know, going with your girlfriend yeah. or something to sort of see oh, a, yeah. see a the film. Event part of it is what I miss. I yeah. think we used to go like. Every couple of weeks. So, I mean, for a little while, we had the um, ODN tickets. So, we'd go most weekends, but it would be once. And every now and again, we'd do like a back to back day where we'd like have a movie, have something to eat, have another movie because we thought we're paying every month for this. We haven't used it enough. Oh, bugger it. But <laughs> I think it's just got to the point where it will become, it will have to be less stupid. So, it won't be like every big town has like 12 has like 12 cinemas each with 20 screens or something like that because yeah. it's just it was getting unsustainable mm. and that and rather than dying back they just kept putting the prices up and people kept paying them but the thing is like i even when i can't work completely off subject but it's like it, when I, I, every time i go to the cinema um the only time you would see it super busy was when one of those big films came out but you go and see other films and it would be completely dead i've been in the cinema um a few times and where it's literally just me or Hmm. me and another you know me and my you know girlfriend at the time or me and my family and there's like one or two other people there and stuff and it's just like that's why it costs so much because nobody's you know Hmm. after this sort of initial wow new film out everybody sort of dies off pretty quickly and you know, the thing is, they run them twenty. They run them almost twenty four seven. They run them with like twelve screens, and it all has to be manned. It all has to be maintained. They're paying for aircon, everything else, and then they got to squeeze the money out from somewhere. And the, and the studios keep going. Well, for this film, I know previously you, we would keep X percent, but now we want ten percent more than that, five percent more than that, and it kept on creeping up. And the mm. new normal kept on going up, and they kept on. Their response wasn't to say, well maybe what we should do is maybe not open as early during the week and reduce the amount of it's going to cost us to run. Their response was, we obviously need to build more screens and run more shows to get more shows out of what we've paid for. And it didn't work, but no one was willing to stand up and say, this don't work until someone took a sledgehammer to the blocks. But a good example is when Endgame came out, I remember the cinema I was in was a Cineworld one. And I was, um, like me and my mate, we were watching it in the IMAX screen, but there was at least four other screens that were showing it at midnight as well. So the cinema was packed, you know. Mm. I don't think there was a single spare seat in any of them screens. But I remember uh, me and mate, we were watching it as a double feature with Infinity War. So we went out for, you know, go for a comfort break, get a drink, get whatever. And I remember looking out and I was like, Jesus Christ, how many people were here? This is this is insane. You couldn't even see the end of the room. It was just absolutely crowded. Yeah. So literally we just like one of like I joined the queue and I said to mate, I said that just just pay me back after, I'll get the drink, whatever. And um and then like, you know, quickly went to the toilets before we went back into the screen. 
But you know, even from even from this film, like even from the screen, like you know, we was in the middle of the cinema. We got all the people around us. You know, we're in the uh, you know, you yeah, you think like this screen's your own little isolated area, but you can still hear people screaming in the auditorium, and we're like, that's a good 50, 60 feet away from where we are, but we can still <laughs> hear them. It's it was insane just how many people were going to see this film, and I think the only other time I felt like that, I felt there was just, it was just so overcrowded was the opening night for The Force Awakens. Because mm. that was one that I just said, right, I have to go and see that on opening night. I I begged my friend, I said, look, I said, look, I'll pay for your ticket. I'm going to be on that. We was at a concert that night as well. Like, um, obviously, yes. So, and I said, look, I said, I know it's going to be a late night. I said, but I'll buy you a ticket. I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a coffee. I'll buy you whatever. I said, even on the way back, you ain't got to say a word. You can just go sleep in the back seat of the car. I'll drop you off home, whatever. <laughs> I said, I don't care. I have to see this movie. And, you know, eventually the trade-off was done. And I, I was like, yes. But I do feel bad looking at that half two. I looked over my friend and she was like... She wanted to watch it as well. It was like, no, it's not working. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let, let, let's move back on the subject again. So... Um... <laughs> How, well, what was tonight's subject again? Yeah. Um, all right. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I want you to give me, um, I want you to give me a one sentence uh, review of it. So your your sort of kind of elevator. Well, not it's not an elevator pitch. Just a one a one sentence uh, a review of it. Uh, and I'll go through all these and we'll say. So we'll start with you, John Joe. Oh God! Um, one okay, sentence, I, John Joe. One sentence. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I'm, um, I'm glad they killed Steppenwolf. Let's just say that. <laughs> that was that. That part for me, as much as you know, I enjoyed the film. That's not that one sentence. Me, That's not. No, one I know. Sentence. That was the sentence. I'm now just elaborating a bit. <laughs> but I'm just saying that's never going to stop at you... one sentence. <laughs> Right, we'll, we'll, we'll go, go in, on, we'll, we'll elaborate into it afterwards. So, right, so you, that, you're glad they killed Steppenwolf for uh, for John Joe. Uh, Mark? Um, a lot more coherent than the first release and enjoyable that for that reason. And a little bit too much slow-mo. <laughs> Christina? Um, an absolute improvement on the cinema version. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I got to go for a uh, a slow mo a slow mo burn that's it gets very awesome in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's literally it's slow mo. There's a lot of slow mo in that film. <laughs> I think it would be like at least half an hour shorter if they didn't have as much slow motion as they did. Yeah. Oh, All right. So uh, okay. Right. Um, what are your uh we'll, we'll go because I, I don't want to sort of kind of go in a certain direction if people completely have crunch reviews to this and stuff so what are good d- did you think it was how many how many stars out of five what did you, what would you give it john joe i would give it a good four out of five stars yeah uh mark i'd punch it to four and a half i'd take a half back just because there were a few it was a little bit self-indulgent in places which means that the pacing occasionally was a bit hard, hardcore. Uh, Chris, Christina, 
Absolute five. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, four, four and a half, depending sort of kind of if I'm feeling generous or not, but in and around there. So we're, we're all pretty much in the, in the same ballpark. We all, we all enjoyed it. So I'm going to start yeah. off with the negatives. So what, what did you think? What was odd, uh, about it that you just didn't like, or what parts of it you were just like, yeah, this, this isn't an improvement or this is a bit naff. Go for uh. it. Creepy gratuitous caress of Iris during the rescue scene was a little bit odd. Yeah, that was a bit strange. <laughs> John, hey, I've I just met you. Have <laughs> a gent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that the introduction of because um, I know obviously they changed the pacing. The introduction of Ezra Miller's Flash when he's basically uh, yeah. So how do we introduce him? Oh, he's going for a dog interview, at a grog, dog grooming shop. Uh, okay. Um, and he meets Iris West of all people as he's going to do it. That just really felt weird to me. I just no, I just I just didn't just didn't like that bit at all. It's excessively cute. Yeah, <laughs> Christina. Uh, I actually now that you mention it, that was my least favorite scene of the whole movie because it. I think they were trying really hard to like pull off a Quicksilver scene, mm. and it kind of failed with that sausage flying around and just. <laughs> It was weird. I was like, is he eating? Is he burning calories? Because I remember from the cinema version that he mentioned that if he runs fast, he's got to eat. And I was like, yeah. you're stopping now for a snack. <laughs> and then it kind of made sense with the dog, but the whole scene was just so weird. I think like the, stupid, him at, at the end, it they was gave brilliant. They a better intro than the cinema version, but it was a weird intro. Doesn't have to yeah. be good. At least they made yeah. a better attempt than. It was. So there's this weird kid I've been I've been creeping on through CCTV. I'm going to throw a batarang at him. <laughs> yeah, just just to make sure it's him. <laughs> Would you suck and break into the wrong warehouse? How many people he killed to find the flash? <laughs> it's like, oh right, I was wrong that time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Oh, shit, right. I'll get my batarang back. <laughs> Tesseract throws the battery. <laughs> it's the crew from Warehouse 13. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the bits that sort of kind of, I I was a bit sort of, because at the start, um, it was for me a bit of a slow burn. I started watching it and going, I don't know if I'm going to like this any different. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't hate the first one, but I, I said, I'm at the minute, I'm feeling a bit sort of like, it's not really doing anything. The Icelandic singing was pointless. And it, it just sort of, <laughs> I just don't understand why it was there. It's just that the music in general, I thought was slightly disjointed. I thought they had some really good tunes, but they didn't mesh together. It was like they kept them jumping to different things. And it was sort of weird because there was no inter, there was no sort of melding of the, of the soundtrack to sort of kind of bring it together. So you'd have this Icelandic singing and then you'd suddenly have this sort of completely different toned sort of kind of sad stuff yeah. going on. And it, it just was a bit odd music wise. And you had like some of the sort of kind of rock heavy stuff that was going on, you know, it was really good, but it sort of didn't tie in with the stuff that was coming before it. It was like two um, different types of films. I'll just say, in terms of the pacing, I've got to say one thing that I really enjoyed from the very beginning of the film is they show, obviously, Superman dying from his fight with Doomsday, and you just see this reverberation, oh, you know, the echo out. of his death, which, yeah, yeah, just goes all around the globe. And as it does that, it, that's like the sonar, the message to say, look, Earth's like, greatest protector is now gone, 
and the mother boxes are starting to, you know, starting to cause trouble. Yeah, They're yeah. starting to be re- reawakened. And I just thought, straight away, I thought, that's such a good opening. I, I really liked it because it, it really did set a good tone. It made you actually think, right, well, hang on. Now there is a little bit of a meaning towards why now they're coming for the mother boxes, why they're now coming to Earth to, you know, try and yeah. terraform it or whatever with it. Um, I just thought that made a lot more sense than just Batman fighting a parademon, clinging it to a wall, and all of a sudden it explodes in at least three little box shapes in its, it, uh, you know, in its yeah. messings, in its entrails. So I just thought, yeah, it makes a lot more sense now than than that. Yeah, I... I- it's sort of like I the only the only other one thing that really bugged me was the Flash's run. It was just ridiculous. It's like you know Phoebe and Phoebe and friends when she's running away from yeah. the neighbor's dog, you know, in the park, that sort of thing, and she's flapping her arms. That's what it's reminded me of. It's just like this. This. Do you know how to run? I don't. You know, I'm trying to even think. Is this meant? Is there meant to be science behind this? But it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like it just doesn't. Um. I mean, Matt, they used necromancy in the movie. The, the running was the least weird, unsciencey fact about it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they brought someone back from the dead. Well, yeah, they it's brought okay all, they brought a load of people back from the dead because he he reversed True. time, and then you go yeah. you go into that whole sort of thing. It's like, well, technically they're all dead. It's just a new timeline, and blah blah blah. It, it's just yeah. it technically like it. does it twice. As well, he do, he reverses yeah. time twice, which is quite good, quite interesting, yeah, really. Right. What's the second one? So we no, because uh, the first one is obviously as um you know as they revive as the mother boxes put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, then you got yeah when they revive Superman, he literally technically goes back in time because the cube has already gone in the water, so he and kind of steps it back, back a bit yeah. as it's yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Very yeah. subtle, but I I like that. I thought that was actually yeah. really well shot. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> The thing is, the whole thing feels narratively more complete because mm. the original one always felt like someone had taken a chainsaw and a paintbrush to it, and mm. you know, and, and a fair chunk of that was Joss Whedon's apparent inability to 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 like the actor playing Cyborg, so he just cut the whole movie to ribbons and tried to jam it into a, a mold that was Mark's Age of Ultron. <laughs> how much of that though? How much did you notice? that Ray Fisher was given, like, he was given a, such a big role in this film. Even, you know, even the subplot where you actually see his, you know, the, the death of his mother, you know, where he yeah. first integrates with the box, where he you know, becomes cyborg, starts learning, starts growing. He's starting to even, like, you know, go inside himself almost to and analyse things. I just thought, hang on, this, this guy has been given such great character development in about 10 minutes. Surely they could have tagged on ten minutes to the theatrical version, made it a you know made it a bit more sensical to have this guy because it was kind of like when you watch in cinema. Was... Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, he was just gratuitous extra with with good with good special effects, wasn't he? As yeah. far as they were concerned, but the problem was that he that's part of the reason the whole the the, the theatrical art didn't work was mm-hmm. because the whole thing was written around this deus ex machina of having cyborgs tied to the machine to the mother box and mm. someone decided he didn't like the cyborg the guy who played cyborg so he took a chainsaw to it mm. and, and it kind of felt like it was like a token minority in the in the first version of the film mm. it was just there to be there you know just box to ticking. have something on the diversity chart but now he actually has a, a purpose you know? mm. yeah, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew cyborg from the cartoons to be honest because I don't <laughs> see comics, but I knew him from Teen Titans, like not the new one, the old one. 
Do you know who does? Do you know who does his voice in Teen Titans? It's um, uh, oh crap, what's his name from uh, uh, The Walking Dead with the, the dreadlocks and Terry, the Terry ti- Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he plays that you know the guy, the tiger. What's his name in? What's his name in Ezekiel? Ezekiel, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's he does his he does the uh, the voice for it. It's mad. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, in terms of like repurposing characters as well, the big flashback scene where you see the you know when you've got the humans, the Amazonians, the Atlanteans mm. all fighting against the armies, and who are they actually fighting this time? It's not Steppenwolf. It is Darkseid, and they literally yeah. just reskinned. Dark side to Steppenwolf in the film version because mm. it was like it was literally the same shots and even like the same wound that comes to his shoulder mm. is still you know that's given to Dark Side instead yeah or it was originally Dark Side and uh, to, I thought that was actually really good because you know it establishes this big bad who you know mm. we never really saw in the theatrical but also as well Dark Side would never go by a simple axe wound to the shoulder no. that was just like. Um, no, that's yeah, but it was a, it wasn't just a simple axe rune, it was Ares, wasn't no, it? I know, I know. Yeah, it was just sort of, I know, no. I but then and plus, that's almost to Infinity War, and I thought, actually, no, this came before Infinity War, technically, so yeah. Infinity War stole from Justice League. <laughs> I think the whole point was that it was pre Dark Side, wasn't it? It wasn't Dark Side hmm. inside his strength that we know now, hence yeah. we got the um, in, the Omega beams and everything, just to remind us, but it was just reminding us that you know, it was just that we also we didn't get a very impressive Steppenwolf in the first films, did we? Because no. they scaled that down a bit. And it was and quite an intricacy. It looked awful. The <laughs> but the yeah. new one, new one looks really cool. I, I like yeah. that. Because it reminds me almost like the Destroyer from Four. It's got that kind of similar metal it's, armor. But it's then, organic, isn't it? Like, the way the spikes yeah. moved and reacted yeah. to threats yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the movement on that was, was, was just brilliant. And even the vocal work as well. You, know, you can definitely tell that the, all the lines have been redubbed and, uh, you know, just changed. And, you know, he's actually given a character arc as well. He's not just there just saying mother every five or six words and, you know, just... It's still better. I found this good. <laughs> John Joe, uh, you're messing, hey. you're messing with, my, with my OBS here. There you go. I was on purpose. I was on purpose. <laughs> I, um, the um, yo, yo, I accidentally knocked, knocked the stand that that was on. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, I I thought that the Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman music was a bit too gratuitous sometimes because it's like any moment oh, she was just on screen, it's like, and it's just like, come on, man, it's like all the time. It's just like, all right, we get it. It felt like not just that one but the other one for the amazonians yeah, yeah. It, it felt like it was that same tune every single time it was like the same <laughs> 20 second clip yeah aren't like amazons amazonians are from the amazonian forest and they're amazons uh the Themyscarinson. the Themyscarians, yeah that's they're yeah i'm not sure i i don't know my my, my history when it comes to um amazonians i should do i think they're meant to be a sort of like a greek a greek people yeah, or a mythical greek peoples yeah they're like the mm. greek equivalents of the um uh Valkyries. yeah but well, no that i mean i mean aren't they called amazons not amazonians they're amazons yep okay yep. or themiscarans because they cut because they were hiding on it themiscara but i think yep. that some someone got a bit excited <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I wasn't talking about you, Christina. 
John mm-hmm. with his. We know who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, apart from sort of little sort of um, little sort of irks um, and generally the start, which was it was a bit slow mo paced for me. It was just like, but I kind of get it now because it was just building up. It was like the Marvel films had other films and the problem with Justice League was they didn't have enough time to um, build out the story for some of the characters and stuff but the, that extra two hours gave you that additional sort of um yeah. backstory and a sort of build up towards what was going on and so as much as it was slow it was necessary and it just gave a bit more substance to the entire film as a whole it, so when it started kicking in and being super awesome towards the end it was just like yeah that makes sense it, it made it to, work we also got I say, do you bleed which i think was always good <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you could tell that was definitely a Whedon cut because, you know, you could actually see Henry Cavill's face properly. But um, I always thought I always thought as well that what was really good about this cut of the film was it was almost like very standalone. So even if you hadn't seen Man of Steel, you hadn't seen Wonder Woman, um, Batman you tried v Superman. You stuff, yeah. Yeah, you could almost just watch this film without knowing anything about the others. And you'd be like, yeah, I, I follow it. I can... I can take this. I can. I can get along with this. And it was just, you know, just every scene. Every scene just seemed to have been expanded from what it was, and you know, everything just made so much more sense. Even the chase scene on Femascarif, when you've got like mm. when they're trying to get the mother box away, and you know, the the what's it, the room, the temple, whichever whatever places that has the oh, mother yeah. box in, they literally seal it off and they're chucking it into the ocean to try. Yeah, and they dropped it, stop. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I thought, I don't remember seeing that in the theatrical version. This is so much more epic now. This feels like there's some real stakes to it instead of where it was just like a pass the box, yep, pass the box, pass the box. Oh, crap, we've lost the box. He felt like more of a threat. It just seemed a bit yeah, more yeah. sort of of a threat. And I, I, I think, sorry. I think, I think for the first half, out, for the first half of it or so, there was a little bit of my brain that kept on going, Fuck, that's where he put. That's where he cut Chunk off. That makes more sense now. Like you know, right up to like the bit with the um, with where um Superman actually arrives, and you had Alfred go, and Alfred responds to him, which obviously they butchered for the Whedon cut and didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, because it was he he chunked a bit of cyborg in or something, didn't he? Instead of it being Superman and things like that, I found that by the second half I'd stopped, but I just kept thinking. That makes sense now. Okay, what that? So I see where he chunked that bit out. Why did he do that? So no, would the be a bit sort of uh, uh, what's the word? Um, playing devil's advocate here. Uh, the there's I've I've uh, I've seen sort of people mention this before, but they say it wasn't a Whedon cut. It was a studio cut, um, and. Mm-hmm. It, it was the studio who basically had the last say and what was in it. Now I appreciate that Joss Whedon had a lot of sort of input into, into this, <clears> but you know, there's a lot of people blaming him when I think that's maybe a backlash from him being a bit of a shithead recently. Um, or well, I say recently, but you know, historically, uh, and them sort of blaming him, but you know, when it potentially was, you know, Warner brothers who have turned around and said, yeah, cut this down to two hours. I think I think when you look at what happened as well, because you know, I, I I mean, I I I didn't I didn't like it anyway when it came out. That was I was already clear on that. But you know, Whedon was given 
I think, control from about May or June of 2017. So about five months before the film was out. July 2017, they said, right, we're doing reshoots. Now, if you've got a film that's already budgeted around about $250 million, you're filming finished at the end of the previous year. You've got four months before this film comes out and you go, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shoot, we're gonna do some reshoots, we're gonna do some, we're gonna do some new scenes. It's like right, right. So you're still gonna bring this film out in four months, you're going to do reshoots, you're gonna get all cut and edited. And yeah. it, it and what makes me think is I, I think that honestly, the studio were already preparing before and you know, it's mm. it's horrible to say it, but I think before Zack Snyder dropped out. I think they were already preparing to basically butcher the film. They were going to basically go, uh, yeah, I think we're going to make some changes because uh, we want this to be a little bit different to what you're making. We want to fit a certain mandate. And I think the idea was they wanted more people to go to the cinema because, you know, if they could do it a two-hour film and sell that, you can you can view that twice as much as you would a four-hour mm. film. So I, I don't understand. Like I, four hour films don't bother me. Like I, 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 I grew up with old school epics. You know, three and a half hours, four hours long. I watched, you know, the the the, the Lord of the Rings sort of extended editions and stuff. I'll happily, you know, yeah. four hours. I think it's one of those stupid focus group things that someone somewhere did some studies that they decided are now are now the truth. What anyone else says that says it has to be two hours. And they get obsessive about it, even when they're, you know, in the concepts of an intermission or something. I mean, that was like a revolution when they did it in Schindler's List. Remember? Yeah. Everyone was like, no one will ever possibly go and watch a film where you have, to, where you can, where there's a gap in the middle. Fuck off, mm. they will. But I used to be like hold when, it, when I run. when I was growing up, there used to be an intermission in most films. Like I remember going to see the Star Wars trilogy and stuff with my dad in the cinema. And there was like a, um, uh, there's some like, you know, ice cream would come up to sort of middle, there would be a stop, you know, and then people would come up and you would buy ice cream and things and then you go up. And like, I remember, you know, in in Northern Ireland, you would have sort of people coming in and, you know, you'd you'd stop and then you'd you'd carry on. And so it it doesn't bother me. And I don't sort of, the only reason I think the two hour thing is a thing is because if you've got a four-hour film, they're like, oh, we can make two films out of this and we can make yeah. more money out of it. So why would we have four, a four-hour film? Um, so, you know, and it's a shame because you do, you know, you get things like The Hobbit. The Hobbit could have been a good four-hour film instead of a mediocre um, three-film trilogy. You know, um, it was... They should have done that, but they were like thinking about, oh, we can well milk this. We can make a lot of money out of this. So uh, let, let's make it into three films when, you know, and like, you know, I went to see them all and they've obviously made their money, but it's not because people want to see it. It's because, you know, people want, well, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. It's, I'll, it, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not like people want, they they want this they want resolution and stuff they don't want to have to come back multiple th- times and stuff and have stuff random shit thrown out i'd happily sit there for four or five hours and watch a film uh and i don't yeah. you know i i know people and i've seen it on my facebook and stuff i've seen people who get sort of oh i don't like long films well that's fine but i i'm you know the Zach's, the snyder cut mm. didn't seem like four hours to me 
Uh, it, it goes. It went very quickly, especially you know. The thing is, the way they broke it up, it felt more like you were Netflixing. Yeah. And people are used to that idea now. Mm-hmm. If you sit on Netflix, you just let it trundle on and trundle on. And because he'd broken it up into the chapters, it just gave you a chapter break. And it was like, actually, I can mm. pause it here and go for a wee. Yeah, but that is that is a very good point because there was a guy in one of my WhatsApp groups and he was saying, oh, it was too long. I didn't have the attention span for it. I said, do you do you binge watch Netflix? And he went, yeah. I said, what's the difference? The only difference is there's, a, there's some credits in the middle and that's it. And you kind of got that with the chapters thing. So you're technically binging something that's yeah. going to give you an end product and it's shorter than probably what you would do uh, with Netflix, so I, I don't right. I don't buy that whole uh, you know it's too long thing because a lot of people will binge watch things. They've now. been conditioned to it, aren't they? They they think of binge watching as I can always stop. Whereas we, you know they, they, it's it's the old lie, isn't it? It's okay. I, I can stop after the next one. Whereas well, with this, it's me, a four it's hour like, lump. Sorry. I I I want to play devil's advocate here. Uh, for hmm. me, a four hour movie feels too long but yes i can binge a whole show in a day if it's like 10 episodes like european standard and that is precisely because of this because if it's a movie and you pause it then when you start again my hbo go does this it restarts you kind of have to forward to go fast forward back to where you were the day before or the hour before or whatever but with the show you know i stopped here it's the end credits i know i'm gonna watch episode six or seven or ten or twenty five you know and it's yeah. just a mental thing because it's the exact amount of time Which is funny, spent on both. Because <laughs> it's it, psychological. It, goes, it goes to show that it's a, there's, there's a problem with how they're building the streaming platforms, really. Some <laughs> of them will remember it. But, you know, if you were watching it on DVD as a box set, not a problem. You come in, you go ahead to chapter whatever. With that, yeah. as you said, you start it and it's, you're going back to the VHS days, aren't you? I've, I've, I've rented it again the next week and I've got to start from the beginning. <laughs> I, I will be i will be honest i i found myself especially um you know like some nights after work and you go joe what i want to put something on and i'll go i look through my collection i'll be like yeah i don't fancy watching the film oh but you know i'll put this show on and yeah i'll do that i'll get to like five or six episodes i'll go joe i could have watched that film and i still could have done something else in the meantime but yeah it's it's uh, there is like some kind of mental manipulation there i think that does come into play because you go well well, I haven't got the time to watch a two-hour film. But yeah, I can watch four hours of Netflix. I don't see how that works. but Because you, know, you think commit yourself to watching 45 minutes of something, knowing full well you're full of shit, and you're going to watch six hours. <laughs> and that's it. And I think we've that. all done that. We've all been tricked into that at least once or, t- or another time. And I think especially if there's a show that you know you enjoy and there's something that you've, uh, you've said, right, I'll, I've been meaning to watch this. I'm going to watch episode one now. I need to get myself into this. And then you get episode two, episode three, and you're like, well, sod it. You know, I've started watching this now. I know people that have seen it. They're going to want to talk about it. Yeah, let's get through the whole series now. Let's watch the whole thing. And Plus, yeah. You have cliffhangers at the end of episodes. You know, this, uh, at the end of the chapter, you didn't actually have a cliffhanger. You just kind of had an end to someone's particular story. So you could go just like, eh. It yeah. took me six hours to finish a four-hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, honest, I, mean, that... I, I need to do something else at the same time, and you can't kind of do it with <laughs> with this movie. You kind of have to pay attention because you miss out on things. But usually, if I watch something on Netflix, I can you know scroll on my phone or yeah, I find I do that. Watch another uh, another show on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> well, watch that. One. 
But it's like I, I zone in and out. Like like Lucifer's been the last thing we've sort of we've watched, and Sherlock actually. So we watched Sherlock, uh, and then and we watched Lucifer before that, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I was sort of only zoned in for about 75% of it. So I would sort of be on my phone further. I kind of got the main grasp of the thing. So when shit happened or things went down, I was like, wow, well, you know, sort of got into other than that, it was just like bored and flicking around. Whereas with a four, like I understand what Christina says, you know, for our film, you have to be a bit more sort of, you have to understand what's going on and stuff. And it's like, it's the reason I haven't started watching dark yet because it's in subtitles. There's a lot of complex stuff in there. I I know I'm going to have to pay attention to it. So I haven't sort of sat down because I know that I can't have my phone out. I'm not going to be able to do other things while I'm watching it. I'm going to have to pay attention to it and stuff. So you have to be serious about it. You have to be serious about it. But That's why on a lot of anime, I was just going to say, a lot of anime, yeah. that's why I'll still watch them with Japanese audio and obviously with subtitles, because at least then I know I have to pay attention to it. And, yeah. you know, that's worked. But sometimes I've kind of gone, oh, wait, there is an English language option. Yeah, sod it, let's change it to that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't watch saying... dark with English subtitles. Oh, oh, not subtitles, dubbing. Don't watch it with dubbing. It it sucks. Right, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm happy enough with subtitles, to be fair. So it's just, I just need to basically pay attention and i have to be this dark here or is it just me i think you do my my mother and my sister have seen it and they love it they my mom's seen it twice uh she's watched it twice you need a lot of mental brain power and attention if you watch it like seriously don't don't plan on doing anything else turn the lights off close your phone (laughs) don't order food you 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 have to pay attention cannot do anything else i promise yeah. it reminds me of you know dave the tv channel where they've been doing quite well on social media haven't they and they did they did one back i think in december they said that netflix and other streaming services have changed their message from not from, from not to do you want to carry on but to have you considered getting up and having a shower and changing clothes recently <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I, I will be honest. Some of these shows, when you see, um, when you see like these dubbed shows, and the acting in them is just pure masterclass. But then you hear the English dubs of them, and it's like it, it feels very jarring. Um, a good example, I watched a few months ago. I watched a show on Netflix called Twice Upon a Time. It's a French drama, and I quite enjoyed it. I thought I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, but voice acting in english is yeah it, it is to be desired let's just put it that way it, <laughs> you could tell you could tell they basically just just got a few people where they said right we need you to be the kind of serious guy we need you to be yeah. the kind of like inquisitive person and then yeah you're the postman you're going to be the guy who's always asking questions and even when you're not asking a question you're going to sound like you're asking a question <laughs> it it was just it reminded me, I think the best example, it reminded me of the first Resident Evil video game. If you remember that, <laughs> the, the voice acting in that is just legendary for how bad it is, oh, just how awful it is to, to sit through some of them cutscenes. And yeah, I, I don't know why, but that was the only thought I had when I was watching that. Like, no. <laughs>
You're going to have to talk amongst yourselves. My my dog has decided, I, I, he got a bone today, and he, 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 I keep on pushing him into the kitchen to eat it, but he keeps on bringing it closer and closer and closer to the microphone. So I've literally got this dog chewing. Because he, want, he wants father to play with him. He's you know. been an absolute pain in the ass. And he's daddy, just so, I love you, Daddy. And he's just like, you. he's literally growing slower. He's literally from the other door in the kitchen all the way to this door, and he's sitting there munching on it really loudly. So talk amongst yourselves while you go and scold him. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the dark. Um, I, I think I think I just want to mention one more thing, really, on Justice League, and this this has got a lot of people very split on it, and it is the um, the nightmare scene towards the end of the movie. I now, I know I know that they kind of done this for two good reasons. One was because they wanted to have something that was exclusive, obviously, for you know for the HBO cut, and they had to do something that was a little bit different and how they shot if you look at the behind the scenes stuff of how they made that all come together it's really good it, it's it's quite it's quite good how they obviously done the filming and you know some of the actors weren't even in the same country when they were shooting it so <laughs> it shows you the advances in technology but at the same time i know a lot of people didn't enjoy it but the interaction between batman and joker i kind of enjoyed it because it was it was nice it was nice to finally see the two have that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of play against each other. And at the first half of that conversation, I thought was shot really well. And then it got to the point when Joker actually said about giving Batman a reach around. That was that was like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Am, am I am I watching the right channel? Am I watching am I watching another thing that should have an X in it, or am I actually watching HBO Max? Um, it was it was very it was very weird. I. And Jarring. Yeah, obviously they, they had to push. I think they, they were trying to push that, that R rating that they had, you know, it wasn't overly graphic or anything in terms of what the film could have done. But, and as I've mentioned, the, the I don't think it was gratuitous. I don't, I, no. you know, it wasn't gratuitous and I don't think they, oh, they overdid it. It's like, it's R rated now. So we'll just have all kinds of crazy shit going on. But yeah. They had three, they had three fucks in the film. Oh, that sounds really wrong. Yeah, I hated that scene. Oh, okay. Um, no, go ahead, go ahead, because you, you loved it. Go ahead, and oh, I will say oh. then why I hate it. I, I just hate Jared Leto. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, as the Joker, oh, not yeah. necessarily as a person. I don't know him as a person, but he he seems like the worst Joker ever to me. Like even cartoon Joker was better. I don't hate, I don't hate him. I don't hate him as a Joker. Um, no, I don't think he's a bad joker by by any means. I think he's just had bad material. But the the way that he plays the Joker in Justice League compared to Suicide Squad, they are two completely different characters. They don't even sound mm. the same either. And it's even the laugh. The, it couldn't even keep the laugh the same. Couldn't he keep that consistency between his two appearances. In maybe he was on yeah. drugs. Like he had a. a... What do you call it? The shirt or mental hospital? Right? He had one on. Maybe he was on drugs. <laughs> presumably. I, that's my opinion. Like, he was actually taken out of the mental institution and given something to be a little saner, except it failed. <laughs> he was Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Yeah, we need to save the world. We've only got so many people left alive to try and reset this, this chaos. Oh, the joke is still alive. I don't actually get why he was there, to be honest. 
they, they done it, I think, because it was um, what they call the fan servicing. They had to have something that was going to make people, you know, people might have gone, well, I've kind of already seen Justice League. You know, I understand this is Zack Snyder's vision, but what's going to, what's going to make me want to watch it? And, and, you know, funny enough, a few weeks before the film came out, they went, well, Jared Leto was in it as the Joker. He wasn't in. He wasn't supposed to be in it originally, and I think that got a lot of people talking. That got a lot, a lot of buzz. Even people that were thinking, no, it's going to be a load of shit, that still made people want to watch it because they wanted to see right. So, how is he going to be in this film? Um, I mean, I think they get paid even if they don't watch the whole movie. But to be honest, if all you want to see is Jared Leto, you could just scroll towards the end because you kind of know yeah. that he's going to be there. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was watching it going. Where where is he coming in? I thought he's meant to be the dream sequence, but the sequence is right at the end of the film, isn't it? So it's just like yeah. he's there. Uh, Scott Scott Braidwood says, uh, "Sorry, we got Mr. Roy says." Uh, so um, it's no sub uh, no subcom uh, happening tonight. Then <laughs> sorry, we got lost <laughs> Supreme Commander followers. No, uh, unfortunately not. No, you should Mr. put Roy. it on the screen. We're not doing that tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that tonight. No subcom tonight. <laughs> Um, Scott Braidwood says it's hard to judge Leto's Joker. Warner Brothers did a similar hatchet job to Arya's Suicide Squad as they did with Justice League. Mm. Yeah, but Leto also got a lot of bad publicity because apparently he was really weird on set, like sending dead rats to people and just being really in character doing the whole yeah. meta thing. And I think that's what annoys me. Like, if you have to 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 be super method to be a good actor, then maybe you shouldn't be an actor. I, I, I'm not saying method acting is bad, but if you take it to such extremes, then you're not acting. You're you're acting like yourself, if that makes sense. You know, you, mm-hmm. you take on the character and you become the character and the character becomes you. Where do you draw the line? It's well, I, I don't know. Well, I have Jim, an issue with method acting. Jim, Jim Carrey does it a lot, and he did it a lot with Man on the Moon. Uh, there's a, the, the documentary and yes. stuff where he, he went proper and the, um, oh, what's his second name? Who's the character? He, he played Andy... What's his I was second? just about to say Andy Dufresne, but it definitely ain't. Um... No, what, what's, his... <laughs> oh, what's the guy's name? The comedian... It was on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it now. Robin Williams? Um, no. Uh, he played... Andy Williams? No. Oh, what's... <laughs> Robin, I've got, the guy from Taxi. No. The guy from Taxi. Google it, guys. Google on it. the moon. Uh... Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, yeah, that's it. So he plays Andy Kaufman, um, and he, like, apparently went pure... Yeah, that's it, Scott says Kaufman. He he went pure uh, method on that to the point where he was pissing off everybody and he was he 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 even could be in character with Kaufman's family and stuff. He would act like he was Andy Kaufman. And um, even, like, um, Jerry the King Lawler, who was, uh, you know, one of Kaufman's sort of kind of like rivals, uh, not rivals, so they had a bit of a skit. They had a bit of a feud going on. So like, you know, Kaufman wanted to be a wrestler and uh, Lawler was, the whole thing with Lawler and they did the documentary and Lawler was just like, you know, and um, because obviously Jim Carrey had seen all these things on like Letterman and on TV with where Andy Kaufman was having a feud with with me, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, he thought he could be a dick to me, so it got to the point where he nearly hit. Um, he nearly hit. Um, uh, oh no, he did actually. No, he hit. Um, he okay. hit. 
uh, Jim Carrey like properly hard. The scene, <laughs> the scene, there was basically a scene where he's meant to slap Kaufman when they're in the ring, and the 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 prop, not the he prop guys, they're it. basically saying, right, you 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 can you you come out and you know we'll, we'll get somebody else in to take the hit, or he'll pull his hit or whatever. And apparently, he's turned around to him, said, no, no, hit me. And then, like, because, Jer- you know, Jerry the King Oliver was getting so wound up by Jim Carrey, he proper hit him, like, proper smacked him and stuff. Because, because it's like, because me and Kaufman were friends, you know, the the whole thing on TV was was just a skit. It was just a thing. We we got on with each other. Mm. But he was treating him like it was real. He, he, he hated that. So <clears> I can see how <throat> method acting can be sort of really annoying for people and stuff. But you, you know, know why? Sorry. Do you know why it's annoying? It's because... People go method whenever they play an asshole. I mean, you never hear, oh my God, uh, Jared Leto went method when playing Mother Teresa, you know? It's well, almost these bad people. And I'm not talking about like Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers because he's really a nice guy in real life, yeah. but it's no, almost no. exclusively for assholes. I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to say, another, one example I could say who definitely ain't an asshole, Daniel Day Lewis. Pretty much every film role he's ever done has been method um well and probably his best film my left foot you know he he basically just he basically just was in that chair for the whole five months of filming <laughs> i just i don't yeah, know if, i don't know if i like a lot of them uh, just like to be method just to be ba- bad or to like they hmm. turn it up to 11 always always hmm. always oh i'm doing this because i'm method no you're doing it because you're a dick you could do it <laughs> in a completely different way and it would still work you know yeah. and it's always yeah. this excuse i'm i'm brilliant you, but you're still the jerk like ah and yeah. it pisses me off this is why i i don't like method acting used as an excuse for for super shitty behavior during filming and, and afterwards yeah, people um, get an oscar and they're like oh yeah i got rewarded i'm gonna keep on doing this <sighs> Just cut it out. Yeah, don't be an oh. asshole. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And like you say, I think to, some people probably do. Yeah, you know, when when they're doing it behind the camera, when they're taking it home with them, and especially like you know, say like Jim Carrey's going home to his partner. He goes, "No, I'm Andy Kaufman." Uh-oh. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> fact they was doing it to their family and stuff. It was just like it was yeah. weird. He would say, "Call them." They, they would, you know. And the thing is. The, the problem with like you know your regular Joe, if somebody as famous as Jim Carrey's like call me Andy, you know the person who's you dead, mean? you know do, you you will and stuff. It's just sort of like you're sort of a bit bamboozled by the fact that this famous person wants you to be called, you know. That it's just. It's, it's it's odd it's just it's strange and it, it's it's slightly disrespectful i think and um you know it's just i like jim carrey but when i saw that i was just like that's slightly off you know I, just again completely off topic but there, there was a bit of a segue um, there <laughs> no, that's fine i'm just gonna say bring it back to justice league and right at the end of the film i've got to say one of the probably one of the stupidest things they added was don't get me wrong a great character but at the end, they just decided, yeah, you know, Martian Manhunt. Oh, no, I loved it. I know he was in it a little bit earlier when they revealed that, you know, he was in disguise as, you know, Martha Kent. Mm-hmm. But even then, that was weird because, you know, you had this whole emotional conversation between Martha and Lois Lane. And all of a sudden, they've just gone, yeah, no, that's, that's not really Martha Kent. That was Martian Manhunter. And he appears right at the end. He's like, yes, I'm here. Why didn't you fucking turn up when we needed you to fight Steppenwolf and the armies? <laughs> I, you know, I just like the people that film a fight instead of stopping it. 
you know, when you see it on the news, when people just record fights or people drowning or whatever, <laughs> when they could do something like, oh, I'm just going to be here recording it for the universe. No, carry <laughs> on. <laughs> That's what it felt like. You felt, yes, I was, I watched your fight. It's like, um, yeah, you could have really helped us, mate. You know, you could have really, you know, the last, the last Green Martian, you know, you're a super powerful character. I'm sure you could have really been an asset to us, you know. And this is, I think, and do you remember the posters for Justice League when it was first announced? Unite the Seven, you know? You only really see six people. The Seven was obviously supposed to be Martian Manhunter. And I guess at some point, very early on, they went, no, you can't have Martian Manhunter. Cause why? Why not? You know, because he also, had to work with a lot of what he'd managed. What he'd managed to sneak in, didn't he? Because they said he shot more than he was supposed to, and then they butchered half of what the extra stuff he did anyway, because yeah. they wanted that shorter film. Also, Bruce Wayne had such a, a, I don't know, like he's such a paranoid person up until that point, and then he meets this weird flying green guy, and he's like, oh yeah, we need all the friends we can get. <laughs> dark side in disguise you know he could be any type of enemy and you're like yeah cool bffs i'll show you our secret base come come with us <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take you i'll take you the details to the back cave here's the password yeah. i'll see you there to be fair he did By get slapped around the head a few times didn't this he? is superman he did <laughs> <laughs> quick, but quick concussion again, or two yeah, but then again, if you think back to the beginning of Batman v Superman, he's like, even if there's a one percent chance he could be evil, we've got to make sure it's an absolute certainty that we take him down. And now yeah. he's just like, "Hey, you want to help us? Yeah, come on, yeah, just uh, yeah." yeah character growth, you know, he grew. He he learned to embrace the aliens after the alien invasion happened. I'm like, what the hell, man? Yes, but what I did like about the movie was that they actually took out the unnecessary conflict that they set up in the Whedon version between oh, Batman God. and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and everyone was just so aggressive towards one another. And here they were like, okay, we have a big ass enemy. We don't have time to squabble over dead boyfriends or, you know, things like that. Yeah, getting, so that was awesome. getting rid of the family in that. Ukraine or wherever oh, it's yeah. meant to be set. Oh, it's just like yeah. that was really point, and I'm kind of glad they got rid of that. Um, that whole that whole battle that sequence towards the end was definitely a lot better. Gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot better. Mm. Um, but yeah. Oh, Scott Braidwood says Zack Snyder said the seventh was meant to be Green Lantern, uh, but uh, yeah. Warner Brothers wouldn't let them use one because they wanted to save Green Lantern for an upcoming TV show. So they killed him because that we oh, did have, have a, a Green that. Lantern that died in the battle. Yeah, there was yes. Yeah, because yeah. um, they they had no. There's two Green Lanterns in there because apparently, if you watch the nightmare thing, one of the corpses you can see in night in the nightmare section is Kilowog. Ah, right, okay. Yes, I do. Yes, I do remember someone saying about that now. But um, you know. This film had so much, I think, I think this should have really been a two-part film. And, you know, originally it was supposed to be the two-part movie. There was there was a lot they could have done, you know, with, with this film. And, you know, it's... Yeah. it's, it's, it's and, um, yeah, I, but the only thing I'll say is, and we mentioned it sort of at the beginning, you know, we don't know for definite if they're now going to go, right, should we follow the continuity of this and then build a basis to, you know, carry on to Justice League 2 and 3 because, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense going forward. And mm -hmm. it gives you the idea that they can really go, right, yes, we can do Justice League 2. 
But what would... And I honestly thought, before I saw the trailer for the Suicide Squad film, I honestly thought a Justice League 2 film could be Starro as the villain. I thought that would have been quite quite a good... Quite a good way to really, you know, go weird. But they just went, no, um, James Gunn's already taken Starro. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, do you want think it's amazing? Like, again, another segue. Suicide Squad, uh, King Shark's played by Sylvester Stallone. Oh, God, oh, yes. <laughs> it's really... Um, <laughs> that's yeah, it's that's just insane. I but, love yeah. that trailer. I love that oh, trailer. Oh, God, yeah. It's so good. But the thing is, James Gunn's just, got form for that, doesn't he? Having like Vin Diesel um, doing uh, Groot and um... plus he already had um, had Stallone's number, didn't he? Anyway, from um, Guardians Two. Guardians Two, yeah. yeah. But, but I th- think th- that's gone. Uh, no, sorry. I just wanted to say that maybe Suicide Squad Two will have actually better music i mean the first one had good music but it was just like matt said about justice league it never felt like it really fit the scene mm. and they, they had a soundtrack just to be like guardians of the galaxy in my in my mind that was the connection you know they had cool music it was supposed to go with everything but it just didn't and i saw yeah. the trailer and i was like hmm, this might actually work but it's where you get so many good good directors can, and this is a this is I think is an underrated sort of skill having being able to put music to a scene. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino's really good at it. Um, and obviously James Gunn's amazing at it and stuff. So it's just mm-hmm. sort of like being able to have the right music for the right scene does wonders for for a scene that's one of my sort of things that the Snyder Cut had some good music it, I just don't think it was used or at least sort of integrated properly uh, and that's mm. something that made me kind of go eh, that could have been slightly mm. better I think I, I, w- I will say that I am liking that the DC are embracing this um, this more like adult orientated the- um, way of putting the films together because you know like the whole like the whole thing when um, where you know the John Cena character. He's basically told, you know, you should go and eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this whole thing <laughs> was a bag of dicks. <laughs> I would eat every single one of them for yeah, America. For, for, like, yes, <laughs> it's like, it's like. No, it's, it's such a stupid line. But the thing so is, well Suicide Squad is that sort of, what yeah. you had was uh, Marvel have, you know, it's serious, but it's a bit slapstick. Uh, and DC, who've always been really sort of dark uh, and gritty, um, have seen the success and went, right, well, we need more comedy in our films. So, you know, the Aquaman film was a lot more comedy. Uh, obviously, Justice League, the first cut was really sort of, there was lots of comedy. Uh, and then they kind of went with Justice League, the Snyder Cut, they kind of brought it back to sort of their original sort of, it's darker. The comedy in it was funny, but it wasn't gratuitous. It was very much just offhand comments and stuff. And there wasn't really uh, a lot of fanfare about them. Whereas the yeah. Suicide Squad is maybe their sort of kind of, okay, well, our main sort of, our main uh, franchises can be the sort of kind of serious gritty stuff and then we can have the comedy in the these sort of kind of side ones the side quests if you will with with like, suicide quad it's like legends of tomorrow but for uh movies yes i don't know if you watch yes. legends of tomorrow but i love it i think it's my favorite it's so yeah it's weird it's one of those ones it's so bad but it's good it's like i i i just like the history side of it can makes me go no no but i can't stop watching you i can never look at a unicorn the same way again (laughs) 
of it, you know. It's, you can you can watch it and actually enjoy it. Nobody dies, and if they die, they probably will come back. It, it's like a soap opera. Well, you know, people die, then they... Oh, yeah. dear. I, I think, I think with this... Go, go. Uh, go I was ahead. just going to say, with, with the Suicide Squad, I think that the, the big strength for this for this sequel is the characters. You know, yeah, they've gone for... You know, I, I, you know, the first Suicide Squad went for some real, real obscure characters anyway. But this is just like, you know, really going like fucking mental. You know, polka dot man, rat I catcher. What, I want to see what um, what um, Nathan Fillion's going to look like. Basically, as far as we can tell, he's playing the guy who can put his own arms off and use them as weapons. Yeah, we know he can do po-face because he did Captain... Captain Hammer and stuff like that. But... Is it? Is it in any? Is there any sort of like cohesion-wise or canon-wise? Is it linked to the first one at all, or is it sort of no, kind it's, of? Um, it's, no, it's, it's standalone. It's, it's standalone, but still taking the bits they yeah. thought that worked. And yeah. just which is, um, you know, Joel Kinnaman apparently is one of them as well. Yeah, this is Katana. She has my back. No Katana. Which is shame, there's no Katana. Yeah. Yeah. Joel Kinnaman yeah. no longer uh, has his back. Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola Davis. And Margot Robbie. Yeah. And and Jai Courtney, Captain Boomerang. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward I'm, I'm also quite so looking good. forward to seeing how Idris Elba's playing it, because he, he kind of played Ooh. it quite well the bits that were in the um trailer. Where it's just yes. like <laughs> He's he was he Bloodsport? Does he play Blood Yeah, Bloodsport. Because yeah. they were talking about making him Deadshot, weren't they? And recasting. They went with Bloodsport instead. I kind of do because I, I, I didn't hate the original Suicide Squad, and I thought I you know, it. yeah, I thought uh, Will Smith as you know Deadshot yeah. was was good. So I, uh, you know, I, it annoys me, you know, when you get sort of good characters, and you know, maybe they don't have the best script. Um, and then they just sort of kind of get panned, and it's just like, yeah, no, but there's it's like Ben Affleck's Batman, Henry Cavill's Superman, you know. Deadshot, mm-hmm. you know Will Smith's Deadshot. The good characters, you know they they play they play them well. So they just maybe don't have the best at the time. Didn't have the best sort of story behind them. Just sort of kind of yeah. And, mm. and this is what this is what it sort of I I hope Warner Brothers or something you know somebody sort of kind of takes note. This whole this darker edge sort of futuristic um, the uh, anti life equation is it the anti life equation is, mm. is yeah, yeah. They, bringing that in. I think is it would be awesome being able to see you know Superman literally losing Lost Lane and then going mental and killing a bunch of people and then Flash well, having to sort of kind of um, you know go back in time to try and sort things out stuff so that would be an awesome hmm. awesome thing oh, to gotcha. do and you could have some really really dark moments in that and you could have some oh, yeah. you know and it would be very tense because you're going to have a lot of shit happening. And that would work well to sort of kind of your you would have your cliffhanger moments to oh, the yeah. next film. I, I will just say, if any of you played the Injustice video game, yeah, yeah, because I've read the yeah, I've read the plot bits, yeah. Because yeah. the first game is is you know there is a bit of like multi dimension thing going on there, but the main story of it is basically a Superman who does you know lose his sanity, he becomes evil, and you know the whole world suffers from it. Mm. And there is some proper horrible things that happen in that game and one of the worst ones is when he picks up billy batson in his obviously in his shazam um guys and he 
puts his heat vision through Shazam's head until you know it comes out the other side, and it is it's a horrific shot to see. But it's one of the ones that really stuck with me, and I kind of thought, how horrid would it be, you know, to see this this you know Shazam? I really like the Shazam film that we got a couple of years ago, and it was. It, can you imagine, you know, such a playful, such a light character, and all of a sudden he gets grabbed by the neck, and his head is basically just turned into lava by yeah. a super. Does he kill? He kills the Joker as well, I think, doesn't he? He kills the Joker because the Joker kills um, Lois Lane. Doesn't yeah, he? That's yeah. What makes him no, snap. no, no, no. Superman kills Lois Lane, but Joker had hypnotized him. Cause okay. So that happens for some reason, but it wasn't just that. But Superman basically blew up a big chunk of Metropolis and killed something like a quarter of a million people. And so he decided this regime was going to stop that from ever happening again. Even though technically it was him who, you know, done it all. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, that's another thing as well, because the Joker, he literally holds the Joker and he puts his hand straight through his chest. It's like, yeah, that's a... That's a... That's a... It'll be good. And to see Henry Cavill, I think, playing a, a bad Superman... Would, would be, be would be good and i think sort of because he is very like he plays the whole sort of good guy well as much as sorry Geralt from witcher is you know mm. he's still a good guy you know that and stuff is like whereas he's literally going to be playing effectively a bad guy for a, an entire film you're going to have him as a bad guy pretty much um until like the last the third film which would be sort of you know dealing with dealing with Mess. dark side um but yeah, I think that's such a good idea. You know, it's something that should, you know, they should definitely do. And I, I totally, I totally watch it. You know, actually, speaking of Shazam, you saw the um, casting announcement about the announcements oh, about Shazam. Yes. Oh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Black Adam and Shazam too, didn't you? Pierce yeah, Brosnan. Oh yes, yeah, he's he's going to be Doctor Fate. Yep, that's mm. insane. Yeah, but a good casting, I think. I think that'd be quite yeah. good. I, the thing I'm trying to think of the last Pierce Brosnan film I saw uh, it's the one with uh, Jackie Chan in it and his Ooh. family get his family get killed but or um, yeah where he's playing the politician yeah. he's playing basically Jerry Adams he basically plays Jerry Adams in yeah. <laughs> but he I does it he does it so it's well as well it's like it's yeah. amazing but yeah that, I think it's the last Pierce Brosnan film I saw in, I uh, saw Mamma so you're good uh, Mamma Mia <laughs> Mm. I got out of seeing the Mamma Mia film, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but they're actually not that bad. They're not I great, but they're not. No, bad. but but the thing is, is that my, me and my partner, <laughs> yeah, me and my partner, um, we have very different <coughs> film tastes. Every now and again, a film crosses over, and she'll be like, "Yeah, I want to watch that," and you know, we can enjoy a, a good film, a good decent film together. The last superhero film that she wanted to see was Dark Phoenix. And uh, I actually uh, said to her, I said, you are joking, aren't you? She went, it's a superhero film. You're going to watch it, aren't you? I went, well, yeah, I'm probably not going to enjoy it, but I kind of have to see it because I have to see if I'm going to be surprised by it. And she went, well, it looks good because it's, it's got the girl from Game of Thrones and she's a good actress. I went, okay. Um, <laughs> said, you're okay. Welcome. You're more than welcome. And then when we went to see the film, she, she, uh, she just went, yeah, it wasn't too bad. And I really, you were I still just throwing went, up, weren't you? I went, yeah, it was all right. 
And then I, I just went in my head, it's like, no, it was bad. It was bad. It was really awful. It was such a terrible film. But hey, if this is going to get her to watch superhero movies in the future, I'll just say, yeah, it was a good film. That'll work. I look my love, my girlfriend. She, she has, she's not into nerdy stuff whatsoever but she gets into things really easily and stuff so like if you you set her down in front of a film she'll she'll be like oh she'll not be interested to start off with she'll be on her phone and by about half an hour in she's sitting there shouting at the thing fucking bastards fucking bastards and and she gets and she can tell when she's really into something it's because she starts getting up and she paces around the room and she starts getting like and and i love it i love when she gets into a film i wish i could get into a film that much and stuff but like she's she gets up she gets angry at the screen she's pacing around the floor and stuff just sort of kind of getting panicking because things are going to go in and I'm just like wow I wish I could get into that mindset you're is calm that, is it like a that sucks say it again <laughs> it, I said that just... you're calm when watching movies sorry which one of us was supposed to talk sorry, go on. <laughs> sorry. because I, I too get really into movies this is why I like watching them at home because in cinemas you can't really shout at the screen or get upset <laughs> or try to have mental conversations or out loud conversations with the characters <laughs> Like the the amount of times I called characters stupid, and <laughs> you know, like one brain cell away from from dying from an amoeba, it's it's like how can you how can you go through a movie without just really feeling it? I mean, well, yeah. that's, I I feel films, but I just I don't comment on them. Whereas like Gosha literally goes for it, and like she's asking me like why why would they do that? You know why this is like I don't know. I'm watching the same film as you are and stuff. <laughs> And she's like, fucking, works, fucking bastard. It, it, it works really well for, for like horror movies because if you start taking them apart when you're watching them, you can't be scared. I mean, if if you start analyzing it, horror movies are really stupid, even the really good ones. Yeah, and I generally do everybody that. Everybody was like, Annabelle yeah. is so good. I'm like, she's a fucking doll. Yeah. Like, kick her, set her on fire, <laughs> holy water. You know, there, there are so many things you can do, but they're like, oh my God, it's a rag doll. Like the, the ones with dolls, the ones with dolls, I, I, I can't get scared by, especially after seeing that episode of The Simpsons with the crusty doll. I just think it'll run out of string and it'll just stop. The that, thing is, there's, there's so many like films like I used to be scared of horror. Again, this is completely off topic, but like there were so many sort of horror films as a kid growing up that I used to be like absolutely shit scared like do you remember Critters at all which basically yeah. like little balls of sort of like porcupine oh, thing yeah. aliens I used to be shit scared of that and like Doll there was one called Dollhouse I think which was basically about dolls oh. uh, obviously did Chucky you, Chucky and stuff did you ever watch the stuff yes that was the yogurt that was the one in the, with the yogurt yeah. mate I could not like literally I remember watching um, a uh, a trailer for that as a kid and I don't even know why it was. I think my parents bought. See, because we, my dad was a massive Arnie fan, so we oh, always so been a trader at the, at yeah, the front of the video. Yeah, it? so we always got like, um, you know, he didn't mind, you know, us kids watching an Arnie film and stuff. That was sort of okay. Everything else, you know, you weren't allowed to watch, but but Arnie films was good because it was good violence and sort of kids sort of stuff like that. You know, you know, <laughs> stick let <laughs> let us some steam Bennett stick around and stuff you know that was okay but there was at the start and there was this stuff and it was like they were eating the yogurt and i remember not being able to eat ski yogurts for 
years because I was just like, if I eat this, it's going to eat me alive. So I wouldn't touch them. Oh, literally wouldn't God. go near them. And the, the, the only other thing that's ever stopped me eating a food substance was the thing. Because I was watching, um, my dad said, stay in the car. I'm going to go and rent the Arnie film for the weekend and stuff. So we went into the Whitehead um, the video store. Um, and I ignored him and followed him in while eating a fudge bar. So I'm sitting there eating this fudge bar and I sort of kind of walk in and they're watching the thing on the screen. And it's the bit where the guy's hands sort of go through the chest and it gets eaten. They eat his hands. And I'm sitting there as a like, you know, 10, oh, 10 year old, 11 year old, just seeing this, <laughs> this guy's hands getting eaten by a chest monster and looking at my fudge bar and going, yep, I didn't eat fudge for, for 12 years after that <laughs> literally wouldn't eat it yeah i just you know, refused to eat it because all it just reminded me of was that and it's just like i don't like fudge because it it eats your, it will make me somebody eat my hands and it's just like so I wouldn't touch it so <laughs> oh wow that's as far away from justice league as we can get by the way so matt not being yeah. able to eat fudge Ooh. because the, because the Ooh. thing we never so we had strong starts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're way off subject anyway, it's kind of relevant. Yeah. Is anyone watching Cat? Anyone watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the moment? No, not I haven't either. got it. Yeah, I don't mind just talking about it, by the way, because I have not uh, seen it. But I don't we mind won't spoil it. it. We won't. We won't spoil it. But um, I will say that episode two was definitely a lot better than the first episode. I think um, the first episode had the, had had an awful lot on it. It was always going to be a yeah. bit slow and a bit weird. Yeah. For everyone, but, just not as weird as One Division was. <laughs> yeah, the first oh, two episodes of One Division were a bit like meh. What? Yeah. Um, episode, interesting ep- questions though. Yeah, episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's it's like it's like kind of like what One Division did. It's kind of like expanding that side of the universe. Now you're starting yeah. to get some it's good links. You start questions. To... And there it? is um, and I think it's let's let's just say. There is quite a lot of relevance to you know, recent events as well, especially when you see a police car turn up and uh, oh god, yeah, know, yeah. That, oh, that, sorry, we didn't recognise you without the help without the goggles. Yeah. yeah, that that that's that's one of the things that when you watch it, you're like, oh wow, that's uh, that's quite brave to really see oh, that god, yeah. portrayed on the screen. Mm. And that's the thing; yeah. it's it's doing. It's kind of you know both of them are doing the bit where they dig into the awkward questions because they've got more time to do so. Whereas Homecoming kind of glossed over the whole blip. What they're doing is they're, they're, talk, they're actually talking about talk about it from adult, adult point of view, whereas Homecoming you get away with it because it was all done from Peter Parker's point of view. Yeah. And kids skip through shit like that. No, no, they just deal with it. And yeah. he wasn't there for it. But yeah. with the adults that were and weren't there, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see now that they're having to deal with them, with them pick up the pieces a bit more. And they're having to actually face up to the cracks yeah. that were always it's, there as well. Yeah, it's the, it's the ramifications because it's even even addresses, you know, all these people have just come back after five years, you know, the world had changed. And, you know, that that's going to have a massive effect. Oh, and, God, you know, yeah. you're not going to probably see that in the films, but TV series is going to be like, well, we have to address it really because, you know, it's it's in that timeline, it's in that, it's in that phase now. Where is it in relation to WandaVision, by the way? Does it sort of... It's, it's about what? six months after Endgame, so about five months after WandaVision, really. Whereas roughly. WandaVision was just after, within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Whereas this is six months after the click, so everything's had a chance to settle out. Right. Because obviously in WandaVision, you actually got to see 
the return you know, as people were coming back and you got to see the immediate aftermath. This mm. is stepped back a little bit. Everything started to settle out a little to some extent, but there's still lots of crap going on and it just keeps on intruding. I know uh, Wyatt Russell, uh, yeah. he, he played, he's in it. Um, obviously, mm. Kurt Russell's son. Um, I, will, I will say, he's actually really good. In so far, stuff. yeah. I'm... Um, as John Walker, the, the new Captain America. Mm. Um, he, actually, he actually has got quite a, um, quite a good bit of charisma to him. And even, even he's, uh, he's a shield, shield player as well. Yeah. As well, I thought the shield play was actually done really well, especially the the news conference bit. It was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very. Well, to be honest, I've get... been watching. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. That, that was basically it. No, I, I wanted to say I'm going to watch it for for Bucky because I'm supporting <laughs> Sebastian Stan, and that's how you pronounce his name, by the way, because he's Romanian. Oh, uh, is he? I did not know. Yes, he is. Don't yes, get his is. name wrong, or uh, or Christina will shout at you. I do not shout at you, Matt. You just went <laughs> wrong. How long have we known each other? Yeah, but it's the thing is, I'm, I'm, I don't understand. I can barely, I can barely pronounce my girlfriend's names, and you know, I've been living with her for a year. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say you can barely speak English. Yeah, I, well, I can barely speak. I, you know, I can barely speak English. You know, it's just, you know, it's true. We didn't like to say, you know. Yeah, just, but yeah, I, I, I can't. Well, I, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm pronouncing this right, and I'm definitely not pronouncing it right. So I just, I just, if I'm getting it wrong all the time, it's don't. It's like Gosha tries to teach me Polish words all the time. And I say them, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm saying this exactly the way you're saying it. And she's laughing at me, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm 100% saying it right. And you're just like, she's like, no, you're not. And I'm just like, uh, okay, I'll just not do it anymore. I, yeah, I, I, think this, I think the series is, um, what I like is that this feels like we've kind of gone back to the MCU that we know. You know, it's it has got that Winter Soldier-esque vibe yeah. to it. It's not it's not complete mystery, but at the same time, it's intrigue. You know, there is a lot of questions that are coming out from it. We are digging something a lot deeper than what we would have seen on the surface. And, you know, even even at the end of episode two, I'm not going to reveal what happened, but I was kind of shocked because I kind of thought an element that I thought would have already been in play looks like it's now only coming into play. Mm. And I was I was quite intrigued by that. So, you know, that there's a there's a lot. And, but only six parts as well. I'm very, I'm very much in the idea that I want to see, I want to see a good progression. But at the same time, I feel like six episodes might not be enough to really fulfil this storyline. So we keep forgetting that it's feeding into stuff as well. Yeah, because yeah. we don't know what it's going to tie into other films or to other series. Because we already know of a bunch of different series they got lined up. Obviously, we know that some things link into some of the films that they already had lined up because they already had those narrative hooks yeah. lined up as well. Yeah, but that's it's going to be—it's a different way. It's something we haven't quite got used to thinking about Marvel stuff before, because we were all lined up for it to be great when they started off with um, Agents of Shield and stuff, and they probably just said, "You know, we can't be asked." <laughs> but this time around, there is a possibility of them doing what they threatened to do like ten years ago. And actually have the stuff, the big screen stuff. That's all the big, high, ex, you know, high explosive, very quick two hours, and it's done. Actually yeah. linking into these longer form six, eight, nine hour sort of like groups of things over a period that look into stuff in more detail. Yeah, 
And I think the time of the episodes as well is quite good because when you take out all the credits and everything, you've got a good solid 42, 43 minutes of action. So when you take all six episodes, if they're all going to be about the same length, that's over two, that's over four hours of, of what we'd have a movie. So that's a lot to really give you a good insight to what Falcon Winter Soldier could have been as a film. So imagine yeah. you get this four hour story, but imagine if it was condensed to half of that. I think I think it works quite well and I'm really hoping, like you say, that you know, this will probably have more ramifications going forward. And as opposed to WandaVision, I can't see WandaVision would ever get a second series. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah. I think this is something that could always go on for at least yeah. a good few years. You know, you could get a good two or three seasons out of this. Do you think um do you think Wanda will become sure. a bad guy in the one of the new films uh, I, I think i think they're gonna kind of tease that but i don't think that's gonna be the case i think that they i think that they that that one division ultimately was kind of a very interesting take on it on shaking up a redemption for her by simply mm. but at the same time wanting to give her more complexity because she didn't get served that well by the films did she yeah. she was a mm. MacGuffin. She was um, yeah. a Deus Ex Machina. We need we need someone that can break stuff. We need someone that's um, a wild cannon to cause a disaster. That's okay, we've got one. Yeah. <laughs> they would make her a villain simply because they don't have enough female heroes. Like th- there are a lot of guys, you have to admit. But and then, there's Black well, Widow, and there's Wanda, and they've now got the new Black Widow. They've brought in um... Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, but they've also Captain brought in. Um, the uh, frequency or whatever they're going to be calling her through one division. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't think they've decided on what her name's actually going to be. But, um, yeah, um, but I think one with um, Wonder, you got to remember she started off as a villain, mm-hmm. and then from that point, it's kind of been she's been trying to redeem herself. And Civil War was kind of like she almost like her efforts of trying to show that she's good. But, you know, bad things do still happen. So I think, I don't think you can really just make her a villain again. You have to keep her as a hero. Mm. Yeah, my yeah. only thing is, is that you'll never, and it sounds horrible, and yeah, I could be wrong, but I don't think you'll ever have a Wonder Vision, like a Wonder film. You'll never have a Scarlet Witch film. You'll have mm. Scarlet Witch as this powerful character, and she will probably crop up up until the next Avengers film. <laughs> But she will never be like she won't ever get a solo film. She do, won't be that. Kind of who, do think, who do you think? Who do you think is going to be the next set of Avengers? Then, well, I think the next set of Avengers is pretty much there. You know, we're going to have you know Spider Man. I, I said this before. I think Spider Man, Doctor Strange, and Captain Marvel are going to be your three, your three, like your, your trinity. Basically, they're going to be the ones that you go forward with. I would have said Black Panther instead of. Doctor Strange originally, but you know, um, with the sad part, yeah, yeah, we, that's yeah. the thing. That film has got so much mystery, so we don't know if the mantle is say going to pass to Shuri. Um, my choice is still Okoye. I think she should be made Black Panther, mm-hmm. but you know, we we don't know anything about that side of it yet. Yeah. Um, I think, I think still... we're going to we're going to see Falcon and um, Winter Soldier step up yeah. more because that, there's been that graduation. But I think also. It's going to be interesting. They're, they're pretty much building up to the Young Avengers with all the other stuff as well, with the Hawkeye series that's coming, um, with the twins and all the little 
nods in uh, there. So that will be and, an interesting and, one as well. And also with the because you've got the Hawkeye series at the end of the year, but they're yeah. already saying that they're working on a spin-off to that with Echo. So yeah, it, there uh, is a lot that they're going to put into these films, and I think uh, the next Avengers could be really a true merging of the TV and the film universe, which would be good, which would be very good. I wonder Plus if rumors. Sorry. I wonder if uh, Disney Plus will stream their next Avengers film on their channel, or will it be, will it be similar? Well, it could be an Avengers event. Film. Yeah, I think it's going to be pay per view. I reckon you'll you'll go be it'll be in cinema if we're able to go to cinemas at that point in time. Uh, but <laughs> I think it will be they'll they'll, they'll probably release it on uh, on their channel as well. It ties into that whole announcement of them prioritizing streaming over the theatricals. I think we, I could almost see, instead of a big Avengers tentpole, they're almost being like a pay-per-view two or three parts with um, some other stuff wrapped into it. So like you have two or three series running into it, almost like the um, they've been doing with Arrowverse. Yeah. Like a subset of that, but with like a pair of hour and a half specials, sort of like two weeks of you know, week week one, week two, with a bunch of stuff released that sinks into it. Mm. Mm. probably around the time they're due to have their next lot of renewals after launch you know yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, so, I think with Marvel they, they are taking some very different steps because if you look at the because I know obviously they've shaped up the release schedule a little bit but going into obviously this year we've got two new properties entering the MCU we've got Shang-Chi and we've got the Eternals which you know are going to be big impact. Shang Chi is, you know, going to become an Avenger down the line. So that's that's another mainstay that's going to be cropping up. Um, Eternals, not too sure how that's all going to fit in with the main timeline yet. And then going into twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, She Hulk. Yeah, we we got yeah we've got the She Hulk series. We've got Ms Marvel, who's going to be mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel two as well. We've also got Fantastic Four. We've got Blade. We've we've got a a whole yeah. wealth of films and TV series that are going to be happening. We're going to get some very obscure characters. Well, obscure compared to you know well, Captain America, Iron Man. Then, yeah, we're not. Iron Man yeah. was obscure once yeah, upon a time. That's remember? That's it. Yeah, and that's and, you know they, they've shown that you know if you can take something like you know Iron Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, if you can take these characters and you can make them household names, you know. Who's to say that in a couple of years' time, you're not going to have everyone, you know... I'd love to see Fantastic Four become a household name again. I'd like to see them get the love cinematically that they deserve and actually, you know, have something have something decent, really, to, to see them in. You know, that's that's, uh, the, that's the big part of it. I'm still waiting for the Squirrel Girl. <laughs> the squirrel Girl, yeah. Oh, I might yes. come off of Miss Marvel. Maybe. You maybe. Know, they, they tended to be together in a lot of the animated yeah. stuff, haven't they? There is... Yeah, there is rumours about that, but then, you know, you're always going to have rumours, and be honest, you can't always believe what you see online. Anna Kendrick, Kendrick, Squirrel Girl. I was just going to say, uh, Miss Marvel's already been cast, Um, (laughs) and that might upset quite a few people if you recast them there with Anna Kendrick. Um, But, no, don't ever take into account the rumours seriously, because how many people, for how many weeks did we hear about Mephisto in (laughs) WandaVision? And the amount of oh, people God, yeah. that really got disappointed by that, it's like, well, no one even hinted at it. No one even said that. And even the showrunner every week was going, um, It's not Mephisto. 
I, I, I think you guys are going to be very disappointed when you see the result of this. <laughs> and, uh, guys, please, and, just calm down. Please, it, calm it, down. It was amazing. And, and Paul Bettany as well. Paul Bettany, the, the bit when he said, uh, yeah, I'm going to be working with an actor that I've admired my whole life. I can't wait for you to see my work with him. It was basically himself. <laughs> yes. you know? like, that's awesome. <laughs> but that's a very British thing to do to people, though, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Troll. Uh, right. Um, I think we're going to call it here. I have a slightly shorter one uh, because uh, I had a slightly late night last night. Uh, I, it was a stupid idea for Matt to get drunk and try and play video games until three o'clock in the morning. I feel so. I'm very tired. <laughs> so, yeah, they wanted a sitcom. You gave them a sitcom. Yeah, it's so bad. Just Matt getting frustrated, getting frustrated. Why, why things I'm, I'm weren't quite, working, and then realizing. I'm quite worried. I'm quite worried that Matt's still talking about himself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm like Terry. Yes, Matt. I'm like Terry in in, in, in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm, I'm I'm tired and still probably a bit hungover from the two bottles of wine. Unfortunately, my missus, um, you know, you you think being Polish she'd be able to hold her booze, but she had one glass was out for the count, and I basically decided <laughs> to stereotypes. Stereotypes. <laughs> I, I reckon all it was that she waited an early night and just went, "Yeah, Joe, I've had enough now." Yeah. Um... And then Matt was like, "Yes, I'll come up to bed in a minute." He's yeah. like, "No, fuck you! I'm going to go on this game." Yeah, and, I, and I, fin- I finished a, 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 another bottle and a half of wine, and I was just like, <laughs> "And it's like, you know what's a good idea? Let's play a complicated real time strategy at three o'clock in the morning." <laughs> and then, yeah, and let's live stream it so everyone can watch me and laugh. Yeah, and watch watch <laughs> me getting absolutely obliterated by my brother and getting frustrated because I don't understand what's going on, and then realizing at the end that I was doing something really wrong and I was just like, oh, okay. I'm not going to drink and play games anymore. <laughs> it's not going to work. When it comes to the point uh, like, when you're doing a stream and RJ Hale, RG Hale comes on and says, uh, Matt, you're just going to like turn off the stream and go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to tell you you're doing something wrong? Yeah, we, we need <laughs> RJ uh, Hale is... Uh, anyway, we, we need him uh, as a sort of kind Deputized. of... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, so before we go, does anybody have any last words or anything they want to talk about quickly? Um, and I, I mean quickly, because, I don't know, but yeah, quickly. Anything? Okay, very, very, very I was just going to say, very, very quickly, you know, we've got four more weeks of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think this could potentially be more epic and more, um, more. I, I think it could be better than WandaVision. WandaVision set a high precedent. But I think that this is going to be the proper reintroduction to the MCU. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that's then going to go forward into Black Widow, into Loki. And come on, the MCU is back. And hopefully we never have a two-year drought like we've you know, just been through. <laughs> Any final words on Snyder Cut and DC? Watch it. Watch it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything from either of you, Mark or uh, Christina? Ladies first. Just uh, have a good night, morning, because it's morning for me. It's almost one o'clock. Oh, you're uh, you're a tripper. You're a tripper. Oh, so that's it. And of course, watch Justice League. Cool. Uh, Mark? Just to say that, yeah, it's it's four hours. Don't yeah, give yourself some time. Leave it on pause. Break it up. But it is worth it, because especially if you sat through the original theatrical cut. 
because it would actually make sense to you, which the other one never did. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We <clears throat> had a fair few people watching today, which was great. Lots of comments. Cheers uh, to Scott uh, and to the, the subcom guys for, for for going through this instead of uh, watching uh, me get obliterated by my brother. But uh, I appreciate everybody's uh, comments uh, and time. And thanks to Christina for staying up so late. Uh, we know it's, uh, it's late there. So we appreciate your input and uh, sticking around with us tonight. Um, so yeah, for tonight, I've been Matt Geary. With me has been uh, Christina. Bye-bye. Mark County. Nigel. And John Joe Cosgrove. See you later, friends. Bye! Bye.